Hi, my name is Monica Gleberman. I'm Victoria Dupuy. And you're listening to Silence Onset Podcast. Hi. Hi. Hey, how are you? you? I'm well, how are you? Oh my God, it pays to stalk someone you love on Twitter. (laughs) No, it's fine. Uh, No, I'm glad to do it. I'm so bad. I've been marooned in Vancouver for over a year. Yeah, I'm in Vancouver right now. I just happened to go back to LA last week for the first time in a year. Um, And it was like the most unsexy trip ever. It was because we had to go see our doctors and dentists. Like I had a a filling fall out of my molar. like literally the second day of lockdown, March 17th, 2020. And it was like, well, I'm not going to the dentist now. I'm going to catch COVID. Yeah. And then I came to Canada and blah, blah, blah. And I just got used to having like a hole in my tooth. So every time I would eat, oh, I'd man. have to floss. Um, and I finally was like, I got to get this fixed. <laughs> and it's like a whole new world. Like I realized I've like only been chewing on the right side of my mouth and like oh, just not having to like pull nasty stuff. I, God, this is gross. Sorry. But anyway. No, like well, I love and, it. Go ahead. We yeah. share all sorts um, of shit on this show, so it's all yeah. good. So anyway, it was just like doctor's appointments and business meetings and like, you know, trying to see every friend that we haven't seen in two years and be like, okay, we can only see you at this time and on, on this night. And it's just like, it was not a vacation. But, um, and then, you know, you just miss your kids. So you're like, why did we do this? Anyway, but back in Vancouver for a while, I actually am going, I have to, go to new orleans in a couple of weeks to work on something which is exciting but it's gonna kind of suck to be away from my family mm-hmm. but yeah the kids it's it just like it sucks man um and they don't get it and so for midnight mass i had to be gone for two and a half months um without them and i actually had to miss the birth of my son <gasps> and so yeah i didn't meet him until he was six weeks old because of all the quarantine laws oh, um, oh my god yeah so when i went home and met him you know it was like crazy to see him but my daughter who at the time was like two and a half. I mean, she, when I walked in, looked at me, like she couldn't believe it. And she was just like, daddy, you're here. And I'm about to start crying, just talking about it. But, and she was like two and a half months in a two and a half year old's life. So like, she was like such a different kid. Um, anyway, so being away from kids sucks. I do feel like it probably helped you like subconsciously, maybe you're like, oh, Obviously, in terms of playing that character because he's so dark and all that oh, stuff. Oh, totally. No, so it was like everyone would make so much fun of me because they're like, I, I wouldn't do anything. I was like a monk. They'd be like, hey, we're going to go get dinner. We're going to go get a drink. I'm like, no. They're like, well, why not? What are you doing? Like, nothing. You're like, I'm being nothing. <laughs> <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite, I didn't even realize this, but the, when my family finally got up here, uh, Samantha Sloyan, when she met my wife, was like, yeah, no, he was bad. She's like, what are you talking about? He's fine. You have to just be a bachelor. She was like, no, 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 no. She was like, I knew it was bad when he told me, yeah, no, I just, um, I don't even fold my clothes anymore. I just, I do the laundry, just put them on the floor because what's the point? Uh, <laughs> like, like, oh, you went through like a seasonal depression. hundred percent. Yes. Like, I feel like if I worked with you on that, I would have been like, damn, he's like so method. Like, no. <laughs> like so Well, that's the thing. I'm the least method actor in the world i mean to the point where you know kate who seagull every piece of clothing she's wearing it has a backstory where she got it her character blah 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 and she'd be like so zach like where'd you get that jacket where riley get that jacket i'm like um someone put it in my trailer and told me to wear it like i don't know who cares <laughs> um you know i'm kind of a believer if it's not on the page it doesn't matter it didn't happen like all this bad you know like it's this is the scene this is what's happening you can make up whatever you want but be there in the scene and like that's the fun thing i learned this you know i was lucky to learn some of it not really even consciously in college but especially on friday night lights because the way we shot it we improved a lot and you know the the script was kind of like a blueprint and you know you had to get from a to b in the course of the scene and how you got there they didn't really care and so um you didn't always know what the other person was going to say so you had to actually listen then you had to actually respond um and just kind of think okay who is this character i know this character better than anyone so when i'm being them like how would they act in this situation how would they act if they heard that Uh, and it's really helped me on like every other job since even when it's not very improv like midnight mass Mm -hmm. to kind of just you know 
I figure out who the character is and then just sit in that world and that scene and, and experience it as that person and react in that way. Obviously. And like, I know everybody asks about Friday Night Lights, but <laughs> you know, in a way you're kind of like, you're, I know you're going to hate this word, but you're kind of like a legend because the show has become, he's like laughing ready at me. <laughs> the show has become so iconic. I mean, like literally I was obsessed with it when it was on, it was, the writing was amazing. Peter Berg, like the way he filmed it, you felt like you were in this Texas town. You felt like you were with these people. You related to everyone on various levels. And when we meet your character, I related to you so much. Like just being the one that feels kind of like, yeah, I'm never going to play. I'm like the outsider. I'm just sitting on bench. And then you have this like moment where it's all on you, right? In the first episode, like to really go back in the first episode to like make that shot and you know kind of it's, it's called involved. a it's called a pass it's not basketball <laughs> to make the pass <laughs> you but tell like, her no, she's out here thinking she knows he'll fix me it's so major in that moment right and then the course of your character now all of a sudden the point of view becomes on you and we're all about following you i want to talk specifically about it's not happy your dad's death scene but before we get there because that moment for me like oh my god like that moment for me I think was one of the best acting moments other than there's a scene in Midnight Mass that I would say is pretty equal to that but one of the best acting moments I've ever seen see <laughs> but no I swear to god like I'm not I'm being completely truthful I never lie in these things like if something sucks I try to like just be nice about it but if it's really good I'm honest one of the probably one of the best scenes I've ever seen and I actually rewatched it before we talked for Friday Night Lights how was it filming that because it was very handheld camera moving like you said improv and now it's become so fanatic like people are obsessed I mean they want they want you guys to get back together yeah, I don't know where you want to see it back to houses, like, <laughs> but it was such a it was such a big show, and it, so many people are so honored by it. So, like, how does all of that kind of feel? Because so much of it was on you. Uh, long question. Uh, yeah. I'll give you the long answer. No, uh, well, first of all, not so much of it was on me. So much. I mean, it was you know big ensemble cast, and uh, you know none of my stuff would have worked if not for Jesse Plemons, if not for Luann Stevens, who played my grandmother. Um, I mean, obviously Kyle and, you know, everybody else. I, I'm not even kidding. I, I felt like I had the easiest job on that show because I just had to react to what these amazing actors were doing and got to be this kind of mumbly, stuttering kid trying to figure out what to say. So it kind of like bought me some time. Um, in terms of a legend, I just want you to know, uh, <laughs> so I'm from Chicago and the worst thing you could do in Chicago is um, have a swelled head. Like people will take you down as soon as they can and let you know you're full of shit. Um, my favorite is like, I, I get emails from one of my childhood friends who's like, hey, I watched that whatever thing, you didn't suck. I'm like, oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> no, so, like, and even also like my wife's never even watched the show. So um, it, you know, keeps me humble in my household. Yeah, I don't know, you know, that scene, I think that's part of what your question was, that episode. I was terrified. Like, I didn't know what I was going to do. And to the point where that season, one of my best friends was one of the ADs on the show. And he called me and he was like, yo, Zach, I, I think you're a really good actor. I think you're great. You have an episode coming up. I, I don't know what you're going to do. He was like, you better drink your actor juice or whatever you got to do. I don't know how you're going to do this. And he's like, I'm going to sneak you the script so that you have extra, like, because it wasn't like the final draft. He was like, so that you can start preparing. I was like, okay, like, what the fuck could it be? And then I read it. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, how am I, I don't know how to do this. Um, and, you know, leading up to each scene, I don't know what happened. Like, I was just there and just went with it. It sucked. And, like, I always say, I mean, it was the same on uh, Midnight Mass. Like, these scenes where you have to go to these yucky places and just, like, cry. And, it's, and I'm not the kind of actor who... Is, thinks about when someone passed away or like I just am in that moment somehow and you know I always say at the end of those scenes 
you always feel so shitty because either you feel like you didn't do a good job and you faked it or you feel shitty because you're in that place and it's just such a terrible place to be in. And I don't know, it was the first time I ever really had to cry on film or whatever, not just cry, but really authentically be somewhere. But kind of back to what I said earlier, you know, you're there with these people you've been working with for four years. Um, this guy who has played my father popped in and out and I don't really know him, but I do a little, which kind of relates to the character and just kind of the concept of how messed up that would be as a son. And yeah, it just sort of happened, but I will say, so, you know, it was like a week of just like crying and being depressed and blah, blah, blah. And then there was like a special shot where I'm like putting dirt on the grave or something and it's shooting up at me and dirt's going on the camera. And I was like spent and I finally was like, this is just like, you're barely gonna, I was like just give me the stick just put the fucking stick on my eyes like I can't get any more done um which I also like I tell so many actors I'm like yo if you need this grab that stick no one's gonna know the difference doesn't matter like no pride and because also sometimes you put that stuff in your eyes and just like having that feeling like gets you there emotionally as well so long meandering answer that probably answered two parts of your meandering question well, I guess, you know, for Saracen, he's so, I don't know, he's so cute and lovable. And I just feel like he's so like, you know, just wants to help everyone. Just his, the only way I could describe him, and I was trying to think about this, is heart. He's just a very yeah. full of heart guy. So in particular, at that end, when you come back and in that episode, not only did I love, obviously, you know, that you end up together with, you know, Amy and everything. And I was all happy about that. But that particular scene... I don't know. It like struck a chord with me because the way you did it was not over the top. It wasn't ridiculous. It was just so honest. And you like spoke from there. And like, there's one part where like your voice like cracks and then you talk about how, you know, you know, being a vet was so important to him and that he had served for 20 years, I think it was, you know, and how like by doing that, it gave like you say something like an I'm paraphrasing, but you gave um, you were able to have birthdays. And so by you being able to have birthdays, everyone sitting here is able to have a birthday because of what he did. And then you do that scene and like, you know, they're putting the dirt on and you walk over and I feel like that's such a human thing to do. Like, you know, being emotional to say like, I'll grab it and do it. And then you start doing it. Like you kind of like throw your jacket off and just like start digging on it. And for me, it was like such an emotional moment for me best moment of the entire show in in my mind i think it was one of the best scenes it was just it was fantastic i, I mean i appreciate that deeply you know i've only <laughs> i've never even seen the last season of the show i really have only watched what i've seen once so i and i and that show was on you know wasn't i it was week to week so and we didn't get to see him beforehand so i would watch it when it was on tv so it's it's very touching that you it stuck with you so much you went back and watched it again because for me I'm like I watched it once 13 years ago half the stuff you just described I'm like I don't don't remember that (laughs) like what happened (laughs) um so but it is cool I mean that's the thing like I've had so many people talk to me about the way it's touched them or you know struck a chord with them and and it's really cool to have been a part of something like that you know I know shows that have been that to me and to be that to other people and I always say well, actually, so when we were making, you know, we had to make a decision for me to come do Midnight Mass and miss my son's birth. And like, it was heartbreaking going through it, you know. <laughs> Some people were like, you know, it's like going to war, you know. Soldiers go off, they miss things. And like, you have to do this for your family. You have to make some money. And my wife said it the best. And I completely agree with her. She'd be like, yeah, but he's going to fucking play make-believe about vampires. So he's not going to war. He's not protecting our country. <laughs> and I felt the same way I think that's why I was so like despondent while I was here because I was just like yes fucking vampire you were like woo vampires (laughs) yeah no that's cool that's cool I wonder what my wonder what the kid looks like I wonder what he's doing so tie Friday Night Lights into Midnight Mass I think Friday Night Lights was so popular because it was relatable on many different levels it talked about topics like race class and then it threw you into like a small town and people don't even have to know anything about football to relate to the show which is why I think it was popular and I mean you worked with Connie Britton and you've got huge names in there 
So with midnight mass, I think it's so relatable and people are just really connected to it. One, because the director is phenomenal. Mike Flanagan is amazing. He can really put a story together, can't he? And then Kate Siegel, the two of them, dynamic duo. So it was just curious (laughs) what it was like to work with both of them on this show and what drew you to this role? Uh, Well, you know, what drew me, I mean, I got an audition and it was two scenes. I had no scripts and all I knew was these two scenes, which one was the scene where I'm walking by Kate's house and she's on the porch and she's like, how are you? What do you do now? And I'm like, I don't know what I do now. Like I'm worthless. And I don't even honestly remember what the other scene was, but they were really well written. (laughs) I remember thinking that. And I knew obviously who Kate and Mike were. I did not know they were married. Um, but, you know, I was a huge fan of Pauline the Hill House. And I was like, well, this is going to be dope. And all I knew was the log line of a young priest shows up to like a small island town and weird stuff happens. I was like, okay, I don't know. I'll just go play these scenes. Did my first audition. I had to go and do like a chemistry read with Kate. And she was awesome. Like a lot of times, not a lot, but sometimes when you do a chemistry read with someone, they're kind of like, it's as if they're trying to get the job and they make it all about them. And it's like, you already have the job. <laughs> like, come on, like, help me out here. Uh, but she was just awesome and super giving and like, you know, the scenes just kind of worked and it was so easy to work with her. And then partway through the, the, the reading with her, she said something about Mike and I was like, wait, are you, are you two together? She was like, yeah, we're married with kids. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you think I fucking Googled you? Like, I don't, I'm not trying to get into your personal life. Like I looked at your IMDb, that's it. So anyway, and it was great working with them. And to be honest, if you didn't know they were married on set, you wouldn't know they're married um which is pretty cool because you know it's a tough dynamic especially when there is one who's the director and one who's the actor that is uh you know a a position of power and you know I worked with my wife several times which is always awesome and fun but the tricky thing is knowing when to kind of step up for her and when not to um you know she's a strong ass Latin woman like she doesn't need anyone to stick up for her but as someone who cares about her sometimes I want to but I don't want to make it look like she can't do it herself. Um, so, you know, it's weird dynamics working with uh, your spouse, but you never really would have known. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. And I think it made work a lot easier, especially when I was supposed to have this kind of intimate relationship with her, which wasn't never physical at all, but, um, you know, it was cool. So, yeah. And then all the rest of the cast, like, I mean, everybody was awesome to work with. And I'm so bummed I didn't get to, I mean, I literally, all I got to do with Raul was like wave. Um, <laughs> it's my only scene with him. So yeah, it was fun. I mean, every scene I got to do, and I, actually Hamish is a friend of mine before this. So when I found out that he was doing it, all, all of a sudden it was like, I never would have thought of Hamish in this part. And now I cannot imagine anyone else in it. Um, and then when I got to see him do it, I was just like, holy shit. And both of us leading up those AA scenes were like, super excited because we both knew like we were both gonna come and be prepared and do our thing and it was it was cool and I just think he was just such an amazing actor I mean this show aside so there was a part of me that was like man I gotta bring my A game because I gotta just sit across from Hamish and and go at it in a two-person scene and what was it like for you I feel like you're the catalyst for everything in the show because you come in right and your return is the catalyst and everybody's talking about you and then you're kind of trying to figure things out then obviously what happens to you and then you have this boat scene which is then the catalyst for kind of the end of the show so you were reading the script were you do you prepare for that at all where you're or do you not think about it that these incidences of you coming back and then you specifically on the boat are like I mean, you could argue to the one in the church when it happens are like the catalyst for the entire rest of what happens. Yeah. Uh, so no, I don't think, I mean, kind of like I said, like if it hasn't happened yet, it hasn't happened yet. So I don't want to play a scene with what's going to happen in mind. You know, um, if I'm doing a scene, I want to keep in mind what's already happened. Um, so I think that keeps it a little more honest for me. And sometimes, especially, you know, this was seven episodes, we cross-boarded all of them, which means we shot, we shot them in no way chronologically. My second day of work was the scene in the boat. So 
it was like welcome to work here's your big scene i was like fuck <laughs> like come on yeah so i don't know if that really answers your question but it, and, and i love i didn't know what was going to happen until i got the scripts and you know i'm reading them and i knew we can do like everyone whatever we can ruin the show for people right or no i don't know what we're doing oh either. yes at this point oh, yeah. Yeah. i assume so anyway, I, knew I, I knew i was gonna die at some point i didn't know when i just knew i was in six of seven episodes so i was like i don't know maybe i'm just done the last one maybe whatever <laughs> and actually the way i found out first was um hamish texted me he's like holy shit i just finished four and you're dead the bat got you and i was like oh okay he's cool. not just like him <laughs> um and then i was just like man i got killed in four i thought i was in six of these and then i get a text a little later he's like wait hold on you're back you're okay and then um a little later of course he's like nope dead again <laughs> so, like, <laughs> uh, so i read them with that anticipation but then when i got to read five and the scene in the boat i was like blown away by the writing um you know because it's scripted that happens and then we just see Aaron screaming and we pull out on this her in the middle of the water we go to black and still hear her screams I was like oh that's gonna be terrible and then watching it it was like exact I mean even more than I had imagined um and I think it's so cool to take your lead character who you think is going to be your hero and just wipe him out and then you kind of realize in the next two episodes when everything kind of like everything else happens like it's just the, the, the catalyst as you said for all the other just I don't know everything going wrong yes. <laughs> um, but you kind of learn oh my god I've been like really into all these characters the whole time like I really care about these people and like I've been focused on him but I've also just like been taking in like through osmosis all these other people and feeling things about them and now I get to see their story kind of play out and I mean the way it ends that show I thought like I was blown away and I like Kristen, who I love, uh, who played my mom, whatever she did when she started singing that hymn, and then every, I was like, how the fuck did they pull this off and it's not cheesy? And they're all just singing. And it's like, and then like you hear this town singing and you're like, I mean, I was like sobbing and then all of a sudden it's just quiet. It's like, ugh, like, it's so eerie. Mike killed it. I mean, he did such a great job. So it was just so cool to be a part of it. Yeah, and on that boat scene, and again, I'm sure you're going to say, this isn't true, but you were so good. <laughs> because, well, because I felt like for that scene, it could have been done multiple ways, right? If there were all these different actors and their interpretation, and it could have been like a very aggressive, right? Like, this is what's going on. But the way that you did it was very quiet, very calm, knowing, this is what breaks my heart, and I was crying, knowing that the sun was going to come up. So like, I knew that you had limited time. I knew you were telling her to try to save everyone or save someone or stop it or, you know, whatever the motivation was while, well, and the whole time you're talking, I'm watching behind because I'm going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And you're just so calm. And it was so beautiful. Like you're talking about the stars and where we all come from and you do this beautiful way of kind of explaining, but it was the way that you acted it out. It was the way that you were so calm and held in and then said like, you know, I know you won't that. I think I started crying when you said something like, I know you need to see it to believe me. So, you know, I'm gonna, you know, and then you start telling like, kind of like the whole story and she's kind of like, um, now I'm with a killer in like the middle of the water. And at first you get like nervous cause you're like, oh, is he gonna do something? but you literally sacrifice yourself. It was so emotional. And like for you to just turn to, I was like crying because it was so sad, but it was the way that you had handled those lines. It was the way that you delivered it to her. And I wanted to know what made you decide to be so together, you know, like so calm in that moment. You know, I think some of it is kind of what you said, you know, you'd already made this decision that this is what's going to happen. And this is the only chance I have of getting through to her. This is the only chance I have of helping anyone. Um, what am I going to run around and be a vampire for the rest of my life? No. Yeah, I just think it kind of is like a resigned thing where you're not happy about this. I got to do it. I'm a little esoteric right now because I'm, you know, I'm about to meet death. 
and I know it. And the tricky thing too is, well, not tricky, but what's tricky for me and these long monologues, you don't want them to be boring. So like finding the way to like be calm, but not talk too slow and not like pause too long and really know where you want to pause and why you would pause there. Um, that, that was a lot of the work I did beforehand. Um, and none of it, I don't ever set that stuff in stone. I don't know how I'm going to do it when I get there, but I kind of like, I just need to know my lines inside and out so that I can just be there and, you know, ignore the fucking grip who's like tapping a pan of water to make the lights ripple as if you're in a lake. Cause we we're in a boat on a big, like cart with a blue, like, it was just so stupid. It looked like a bad high school play. <laughs> I mean, I've told this story, but it was like, I was like, this is like the high school play and all the friends like, oh my God, they rolled the boat. It looks like they're in the water. That's yeah, so you have cool. someone like holding you. Someone's like, yeah. go like this I'm, with the wind. The oars, <laughs> the oars are like, have, have wires on them to like give me like oh resistance. I'm like, I was like, can we just go out in the fucking lake? They're like, no. You know, that would be to shoot. I'm like, oh, God damn it. it makes you think of those kids that would run in the front with like the cloth and make it look like yeah. water. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, or like a fan, you know, they're like, yeah. wait, wait. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, we definitely have fans. A lot of fans for Kate's <laughs> Um Anyway, so yeah, you know, it's like you're in that situation. So you just need to know your shit so you can just sit there and block it out and look at Kate or feel that you can't look at Kate pretend there's stars up there I don't know you know you just gotta like kind of get lost in it and uh go with it my favorite <laughs> I had a professor in college and I think it's so fucking true he was like he's like acting all it is know your lines know your blocking and don't bump into the furniture and it's like it's kind of true <laughs> like you're gonna do a good job if you know your lines you know where you're supposed to go you don't fuck it up I've always said my wife disagrees with me but I'm like anyone could act like anyone could do it there's like some role anyone could do and she's like, no, not anyone. She's like, that's like saying anyone could be a really good basketball player. I'm like, no, it's not. Like anyone can play make believe if they can just pretend. Anyway, I've gone way off track. But all those monologues is just trying to try to connect with them. And you know, what was really cool was in March of 2020, before the world shut down, we um, had two weeks of prep and we did a table read where we sat down and did all seven episodes in a row. So reading them out loud for the first time, those monologues and kind of hearing like, oh, this is like Mike's words can get, and this isn't a bad thing. They can get sing-songy and you need to fight against that. Um, or at least I like to. <laughs> um, I always say, I'm such a dick. I, one of my other acting approaches is I feel like I usually know what the writers want and I try to do something different. Because um, I think I can get their intention and, intention and everything um and if i can get that across in a different way than i think they were trying to do it i feel like it's usually a success <laughs> rebel rebel on stage but just really quickly because i know victoria has something side note yeah. if you ever check out tiktok your I, people are doing your monologue like i've maybe? seen one online i oh, have uh, you I, someone posted one on twitter yeah i don't know man i actually i'm not on tiktok but i so I got to do another Flanagan show after Mass uh, called Midnight Club. And one of the younger actors on it, um, this kid Chris, who's amazing. And I can't wait for everyone to see this show because like the younger cast, they're all like anywhere from like 18 to 24. They're wait, so how, old, they, how old are you? In real life? Yeah. I'm 39. Oh, okay, um, I'm 30. I'm 30. Well, I'm going to be 35. So that's why I was like, younger kids. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> Well, yeah, so I used to, I start. I would always call them the kids. They're like, we're not kids, we're 20. I'm like, oh, okay. you're making me feel like a baby. I'm She's 22. young. She's young. I'm the old one. I'm 22. No, it's all good. But anyway, so all the younger actors, they're, they're just amazing. Like, I'm so excited for people to see this show. And none of, most of them have never really done anything except for Anara and Igby are both in it as well. Um, and Mass was their first thing. But anyway, Chris, who I had to have a lot of stuff with on that show, A would always be like, Zach, you're so old. My God, you're so old. And I'm like, what you, shut the fuck up. Not even 40 yet. Um, and then, <laughs> but he was like, Zach, you gotta get a TikTok. You would have a million followers. My generation would love you because I'm like, and he's like, because you're just so jaded. Like you don't give a fuck about anything. You're so jaded. Like you could just sit there being like, ugh, fucking, mm -hmm. you're gonna do three takes. Are they kidding? 
Jesus Christ. Wait, you know what else makes you great on TikTok? Because you're really fucking funny. Like you have like a like an interesting sense of humor. Like you just have this like very like airy, like happy humor to you. And then like obviously if you look up you, which you can do, which is creepy, I know. But if you if you look yourself up, there's like videos that people make of you and there's like all sorts of crazy shit on there. I'm always with those with those videos people make. I'm like, well, that's very sweet, but like why are you doing this with your time? Like, <laughs> like they love you. But anyway, the, all I knew about TikTok before was when I was working on LA's Finest, Jessica would always make us do these stupid fucking dances. And like, yeah. I was like, what is this? And like, I'd literally like go hide. She got me to do like two of them. And I was just like, <laughs> why are we, I don't care, Jess. Like, this is so dumb. She's like, no, it's great. Come on. And Jess is awesome. <laughs> I love her. But I was just like, this is not for me. And I thought TikTok was literally just people doing the same dance over and over and it, over it, again. You know what? Like it, it was, and then it went through like a weird like morph. And now like people post like all sorts of stuff. And now but it's I like, just didn't know if you were aware. And it's all over the place now. But I yeah. feel like- no, it's you. Like Zach, like you would, I think you would get like semi-creeped out. Cause if you like looked up your name, you'd be like, holy shit. Oh, Cause I'm there's like video after video of like people obsessed with you. People dressing up as you, like they'll like yeah. cosplay and, you. And, and like, and we're, we're scaring him, we're scaring him. But then there's like the no. sex videos, right? Where they're like, I'm too sexy. And like, they play like sexy music and show you and they show all sorts of photos. And then you have the people that He's are- like, okay, okay. Okay, get it, <laughs> and, but, no, but then they also have the ones where they're doing your scenes which i think is so cool and some of them were like inspiring no, actor and like that was so no, cool I, think I was watching those and that was amazing and it was all the boat scene no i think that's cool oh the one i saw was someone doing the like what happens when we die scene um yeah, yeah i saw that but too. you know it's like it's pretty cool and i think it's more cool for mike because if you were to write a play this is what happens someone does it the first time and then people do it hundreds and hundreds of times again and everyone has their own interpretation of it another thing that man i god i can't believe i've talked about like um acting professors so much but one of them said he was like you know there's no way to do hamlet like if zach's doing hamlet we want to see zach as hamlet if if victoria is doing hamlet we want to see victoria do hamlet and like we're all gonna have a different thing on it and that's what makes it interesting um and so i think it's cool to kind of i mean i'm not gonna go and watch all these but it would be interesting maybe for Mike <laughs> to like see some of these or ones that are good because it's like oh cool that's another way to like have done it like I never would have thought of that and I mean it's the same thing I was saying earlier we're like I know what the writer wants but I'm going to give them something they didn't think of and that's going to make it more interesting because I always have in there as well what the writer intended and I think a lot of the best performances we see it's kind of like oh that's not the way I like that's cool it's different I mean everything Hamish does you're like I know no one else would ever say that that way He's just so, he's so good. Yeah. I think Victoria has a question. Otherwise, like, you're talking, but I hope we didn't scare you off TikTok. You don't have to no. join it, but you could like scroll through it if you're interested. But now no, I think my hope us, we scared you. So I would My hope is, uh, my hope is we get a season two of Midnight Club and then I'll start one with Chris. <laughs> oh my God, that would be amazing. We'll have like a little bit. That would be amazing. Like you said, it's kind of like interesting that people, um, Mike's words are like resonating with people so much that they would go out of their way and like spend their time uh, performing your scenes and like saying his words. And I think it's really interesting because his writing is, it always catches me off guard. It surprised me with The Haunting of Hill House. It surprised me with Midnight Mass, especially like you said, killing off like the main character or the catalyst as yourself is kind of like a route that people don't normally see coming. Yeah, totally. So were you um, happy with the way your character ended? Were you happy with Riley's ending? Or would you like to see like a different route for him? Because I mean, he started off, what, four years in prison, I think it was for a drunk driving accident. So his yeah. character arc is kind of all over the place and just kind of sad. It's definitely sad. Uh, no, I think it was great. I love the way it ended, you know? And I love, yeah, I, I, we kind of touched on this earlier, but it would have been so easy to just have him be the hero or to, to, you know, die valiantly at the very end of the show, but it's so ballsy of Mike to do it where he did it. And, and I think genius in that it's just a different experience for the audience than, than they're used to, you know, it's funny. My buddy, the AD on Friday night lights, he said this to me when I, like when I left in season four, 
He was like, you know what's the best part? Is like, you're the character everyone talks about even though you're not here anymore. Like you're still a, like a presence on this show, even though you're not on the show anymore. And it's the same in mass. It's kind of cool to be the character who like, even once you're dead and burnt to bits, um, <laughs> you're still like a presence there. And, you know, there was a cool way that Mike like literally uh, manifested that with, you know, as Aaron's dying, she flashes to like on that couch and like has a different vision. Um, but it kind of shines a light on the fact that like, I'm still there with everyone, even though I'm gone. And that really helps too, because obviously there's so much religion and there, I mean, you could debate a, a million things from that show, right? Like there's so much religion, religion might've caused a lot of the stuff that had happened. There's a lot of, you know, anger and killing and all, all of these things. And because people wanted to believe, and it was so sad at the end because even like Hamish, like at the end, his character realizes that there was a mistake made, you know? And so- Yeah, it, and, but within that, there. I thought the, the beautiful thing, yes, exactly. And like the faith of like pretty much, you know, all these other people who just, they kind of do, I mean, they do the exact same thing I do in the boat where they just accept it. And, you know, I think they have a different belief on God and where they're going than, than Riley does, but they finally are like, okay, I just have to accept this and like do this gracefully except for Bev, who's like trying to dig her, like, cause she knows she's going to the bad place. Like, she, like within all her beliefs, she doesn't even have the faith that like she, what she's done will get her to heaven or whatever. So she's like desperately trying not to die. Cause she knows in her bones where she's going. If you believe in that. Yeah. I think it's clear like at the end that her belief is, is tested. And now she thinks, you know, God's not there. Cause she, you know, she's calling on him, calling on him and he's not helping her. Right. And everything's burning down. Yeah. So like, I think she knows, uh, you know, what's, what's going to probably happen. But again, yeah. like you said, you not being there, you're kind of the hero of it because you started it all, you know, by telling her and sharing her and sacrificing yourself. So just like circle back, like, I mean, ugh, it was just so good. So congratulations on it. We love Thank it. We're like obsessed um, really quickly. Cause we've had you forever. Two things. I have to, you know, I'm going to bring this up. Have to talk about drunk history. <laughs> I love it's, it so much. Your episode. Oh my god, it's the best. I think I got to do two episodes or three. Yeah, you oh, right. I did three you're episodes. In three. I think we're in three yes, altogether. Um, and, but, but my favorite one is Justin Long. I oh. die. I crack up oh. so freaking hard. If I'm in a bad mood, I'm like, put it in, and I click on your episode and I watch it. It's so fucking funny. So I like, actually, how was that experience? It was awesome. And I'm so glad that was my third time doing it because it is so much harder than I thought it would be. And my first time was like smaller. And, but I was mm -hmm. like, oh, fuck. So then the second time I knew like I had to do a different kind of homework. And then the third time, and also the third time I was like, it's like the longest one they've ever done. I was like, this is insane. This is so much. Um, so, uh, and then Justin is just so fucking funny. And, you so know, Justin's like, and he's like a star like he's like a big big movie star and i was a little like oh fuck like he's gonna outshine me not outshine me but like i don't deserve to be next to him like he should be in one of the ones with like will ferrell or something oh my god no um, you're crazy because in that in that episode in particular which if people that are listening that have never seen it you know so it's people tell stories like historical stories and they're drunk while they're telling the <laughs> stories and then you have actors that are not drunk that are playing out the story, but they're not speaking. So you never hear like Zach's voice. You hear whatever guy is telling the story. So Zach has to like basically voice over or like, I don't know what you would call it. Lip syncing, like lip sync it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to like lip sync and be right on exactly how this drunk person's talking. And I think you and Justin together did such a great job because you were so loose in that. And so funny. And like, you were very, and like, you'd put your hands up like this or like jump around or and like do things based off how this guy's telling the story. And I think it's because you guys worked off each other so well. Yeah. He totally kind of opened me up and yeah, like I'm always, I'm definitely, I mean, you look at my career, most of the stuff I do, it's not very like big and out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know on that show that you can be, but I always am just a little hesitant, but I think being opposite him, it was like, you know, just fucking go for it. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, let's just have fun and it being my third time and you know Derek the creator of that show is a 
like an old, 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 old friend of my wife's. That's how I know him. So I've known him for a long time now. But, you know, when the creator is there and you know him, like personally, it's not just like some director creator that you're meeting for the first time or you only know through work. That kind of like gives you a lot of freedom too. Uh, but it was, it was just so fun. And so what I was going to say is I never actually saw it until a couple of weeks ago. I had a meeting on a movie that was about like California fires and like a family trying to get out and I read it and it, whatever. But so then I was like, oh my God, this is basically the dramatic version of my drunk history. <laughs> like, so I was like, I should go watch that. And I watched it. I was like, oh my God, this is so funny. Like, I'm, it's I'm so funny. And you're yeah. right. Like, I think a lot of the characters you play are very like in, I don't know what the word is like interpersonal. You're very close. You play very close. Yeah. And in drunk history you were just like it was so fucking funny i mean there were scenes where like your hands are flapping you're jumping around you're doing this and you're reacting to how the guy is talking in such a way that it's just i was crying i mean like of, of laughter like it's just so funny and oh. it was so different for you like because i'm not used to seeing you so i guess using the space right like you use very little right. space a lot of times and you used all of your space when you were um, doing that and it was I mean it's fucking hilarious which is why I send you gifs of it all the time so I'm obsessed with that episode it's so good well, thank you that's so funny because I that was an interesting way that you put it just saying like the amount of space that different characters I do use I'll keep that in mind thank you I'll put that in my acting arsenal be aware of my space uh, no but it's good because I think you use no, it no, I, I, well. I'm not even being sarcastic I, I'm saying that kind of resonates with me I remember I always before I I was still in high school and you know I every now and then I'd get an audition for like a tv show and when you're in high school in Evanston Illinois and you get to go into Chicago and audition for a casting director for a tv show you're like this is my break I'm this is gonna be my show I'm gonna be a big tv star and I always whenever they were sitcoms like one of my favorite shows was um that 70s show and I love Topher Grace's, like the way he would use his hands and whatever. Yes, yes. And he's so genius on that show. And I would always try and like do Topher Grace. Of course, I never booked anything. Um, but I do <laughs> want to find some sort of character where not that I do that, but like, you know, it almost was drunk history. It wasn't like that, where I got to be like, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, right. I think that's why drunk history is like so fun because it does remind you of like that 70s show or like really hysterical like comedy shows that just like pull you in with how the actors portray certain people and you just did a phenomenal job. But I guess my last question because we kept you for so long, um, The Midnight Club. Yeah. So again, serious. You just lean towards like drama. I mean, after I feel like after Friday Night Lights, it just went drama, horror, like all of these like- you know things I, you like lean towards it's that it's just no i think it's unfortunately in this industry once people see you in something they kind of see yeah. you as that and so it's a really uphill battle to try and um get them to see you otherwise so you know i'm thankful for the tapes the stuff i have from drunk history because there's been a couple things where my agents or managers were like well we're going to show them drunk history because they don't know that you're funny mm -hmm. um and i'm like okay yeah I mean, even my wife, she, when she first came to LA, like right away, I think it was actually, it was with Derek, like her first pilot or show she ever did was with Derek. And it did like, it was called Married to the Kellys and Breck and Meyer was on it. And, you know, so she was a sitcom girl. And so they kept like pushing her out for sitcoms. And then, you know, she'd be like, well, can I do, can we try? And they're like, well, you're funny. You don't do drama. And she's like, yeah, I can. And then she booked an hour long. And then people were like, well, she's not, then no one wanted to see her for sitcoms. They're like, well, she's a serious actor. She doesn't, she's not funny. And she was like, I've done both. Like, yeah. look at my resume. But it's just the thing they know you from is the only way. So frustrating. Not, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a little frustrating, but you know, you got to go win some jobs. Uh, but in terms of the serious stuff, you know, Midnight Club is, it's weird, man. Like, I can't really say very much anything about it, but I can tell you it's, it's really weird. And it's so definitely- like, well, uh, all I know from what I've researched is that critically ill patients, you tell horror stories. He's not going to confirm any of this probably. <laughs> you tell horror okay. stories to, to each other, like at midnight or whatever. Obviously you're working with- he's like, like I've never heard a single thing about this. I know, he's not going to confirm anything. I don't know, I guess, I guess they're based on books. I haven't read them. So it's, <laughs> it's five terminally ill patients at Rotterdam home who begin to gather together 
at midnight to share scary stories. It's from Mike Flanagan again. That that and I can he can confirm mm-hmm. that. And I'm super concerned because it when I looked it up, I only saw you on episodes up to three, which makes me very nervous. I don't, I don't, no, I'm in more than three episodes, so I, okay. I think I'm allowed so to say that. Uh, but I actually, I get to be, the one thing that I'm pretty sure I can say is I'm kind of one of the light parts of the show. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's, I'm a much, much, much smaller role in it. Uh, I just, uh, I wanted to work with Mike again and uh, wanted to keep my family in Vancouver because of COVID. <laughs> it was like, yeah. Mike, there's got to be a part for me midnight club and he's like it's about a bunch of kids i'm like nothing really and he was like well there is this one character that i mean you could play if you want i'm like i want to do it he's like you don't even know what it is i'm like i don't care i like working with you um but so it was kind of fun and like i think i can tell this story the part is it's not so small but i think it the first scene i did mike was like great i like this guy i like him and I was like, did you think you weren't going to like this character? I think you just so like, I hadn't thought about it. And then I kind of had like the freedom to just kind of have a lot of fun with it. So in a dark show, I'm going to be the light. Yay. I'm going to be so excited. That's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. I know we need you uh, to, okay. We need you to like stay alive. That's like number okay. one. Like I'm over you dying. <laughs> I, I know. You know I'm over that. I didn't even realize how much like horror stuff I've done. I didn't realize how many times I've died. Uh, You were like, you did the purge, the second one. You did, or Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to go into. I look like a nerd and a stalker, but you've been in a lot of stuff, and like you die, stop dying. You know this next job that I got, um, that I don't know if I can say what it is or whatever because it hasn't been like announced yet, but. I, you know, I got an email from my agents and managers that was like, hey, uh, put yourself on tape by Friday for this movie. I was like, and I read it. I liked it. I was like, okay. And then I like looked up, you know, who the director is, what she's done. and was like, oh, she worked with one of my best friends. So I texted my best friend and one of my best friends and was like, yo, what do you think of so-and-so? And he was like, she's great, yada, yada. I was like, cool. Like, I'm supposed to make a tape. Just give her it if you don't mind, like, just give her a shout, tell her you know me. He's like, for sure. And he sent me a screenshot. He's like, hey, just so you know, Zach's going to make an audition tape for you, blah, blah, blah. He's a great human. He's great to work with. And she wrote back in all caps, be still my heart. I love him. So then I, you know, so then I like went to my agents. I was like, guys, the director loves me. Like, and they were like, oh, okay. Let us call over. And then like, I didn't even have to audition. They just gave me the part. <laughs> like, oh, see, like, that's how, no, but see, like, that's how it works a lot of times. Yeah. So yeah, this is such a weird business. And it is like, you know, even when you've had something that, you know, establishes you as a legend in some people's eyes, it doesn't you always are, get you the next job. I swear, <laughs> I swear, I would not, I don't use that word lightly. Seriously, in all the interviews I've ever done in my entire life, which has been probably like 2000, I have used that word twice. So I, oh, I, I used it for, seriously, for Barry Boswick. I was going to say, um, say it for Barry Boswick. The only time I use, because of Rocky Horror Picture Show, obviously, and like all the right. shit that he's done. But you're the second person ever. So like, I'm not Thank like, you. and I'm not saying it's just because I like you and I like you as an actor. It's true. I, I can back her up on that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> can back her up I, like, on yeah, she can back me up. I've ne- I never used that word. Wait, so um, I have to ask, Victoria, when did you watch it? Because you were like, seven when it came out i honestly haven't seen friday night lights all the way through i'm gonna be completely oh, honest i started um okay. watching it because of my mom who was very into it my mom loves connie I feel old as shit I I it live. And my mom was with it so i would watch it with my mom that's Aww. awesome no but yeah. that is kind of the great thing about the show that so many people have told me is like it's like the only show you can watch as a family Mm-hmm. And like everyone enjoys it. And so, sorry, I love your answer, Victoria, for that reason, A, but also because on Midnight Club, like I don't talk about shit I did. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but like none of these kids knew, none of these younger actors had any idea who I was. Um, not like who I was, but none but, of like, them were like, any... Yeah, no, mm-hmm. they think I'm just the, the guy That's playing this random part. <laughs> and, uh, oh, no. And, oh, no, but I don't, I love it. But yeah. one of the other, like, Matt Bidell was on it as well who was in Midnight Mass, he played Sturge, the guy with the beard. He'd be like, guys, oh, you have to watch so Friday good. Night Lights. Like, he'd be like, this show's so great. You've got to watch it. They're like, Friday, what? I don't care. 
Like, who cares? And the only thing anyone knew me from was one of the actors had watched LA's Finest. Oh my <laughs> she was God. Like, so what was yeah, it like? Where'd you guys shoot? Like, yada, yada. I'm like, really? LA's, I mean, it was a super fun show to shoot, but it was just so funny to get, I've been recognized for that like three times in my life. I honestly recognized you first from The Purge. <laughs> I love horror movies and stuff like that. So when I heard your name, I was like, oh, he's in The Purge. And then I was yeah, like, like, oh, I'm I, I, I like for you. I'm like, hey, Victoria, so like I've been stalking Zach and like, I, you know, now we're talking and like we might be able to get him on the podcast. And she was like, oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, do you know who he is? Yeah. And because when Friday Night Lights was on, now that I'm old as fuck, I watched it live. Like I watched every week, every episode and I watched it with my, my family a lot. You know, my mom had a hard time after the first episode just because of like you know what happens and I was like mom just give it out like I was yelling her like give it a chance but by the way you did mention earlier damn did I love the woman that played your grandma oh, oh my she's, god oh we still oh in touch. I love like, her I love everything a, about her we did a zoom interview so like the last time I saw her was like four or five years ago and we were in Austin we were both there for the tv festival and it was like out of a movie. Like I came out of an elevator and she was across the lobby and we like saw each other and we both started crying and just like hugged each other. Um, like we did a Zoom like six months ago for the same festival, like together. It was ATS, We started right? crying. Yeah, like when we saw each other in Zoom, we started crying. Like I brought my son in to be like, hey, this is my son Revel. Like my real parents haven't even met him yet. <laughs> like, um, She's the absolute best. Uh, there's one other thing I was going to say, but I doesn't oh oh last one random funny story just because you had mentioned the purge last week when we were in LA my wife and I went into some costume store to get Halloween costumes for our kids and we're checking out and the guy behind the counter is wearing a purge anarchy shirt but of course you know we're all in masks so no one knows it was just kind of funny because it's like we were both in that movie (laughs) you don't want to say anything you don't want to be like hey like cool like cool shirt blah blah Oh my no, God, you totally no, no, should no, no. you would have made that guy's no. day. I would have freaked out. I'm the guy who like, people always like, because people phrase things one of two ways. They either say, you know, are you Matt Saracen or are you Zach Guilford? Or they'll say, you know, you look exactly like the guy from Friday Night Lights. I'm like, oh, cool. It's like, oh, you've gotten that before? Do you ever say like, it is me? Or do you, are you normally like, oh, okay. Are you like, oh, you're like, oh, I get that all the time. It's not me. No, I'm just like, oh, okay. Uh, either I'm like, I've never seen it or whatever. But my favorite is there was one time. That's amazing. We were, we were in Miami for my wife's work and she convinced me to go get literally my first ever pedicure. She's like, it's nice. We put our feet in the bath. You sit in the massage chair. I'm like, all right. I love the wife fine. so much. Yeah, she's the best. I'm like, I love all right, her why so not? Much. So we're sitting there. And oh, but my one rule is if someone says, are you Matt Saracen or are you so-and-so? I don't lie. I'm like, yeah, I am. Yeah, okay. And this woman walks by and she's like, are you Matt Saracen? And I was like, nope, no, no. <laughs> well, I'm like sitting there with my feet in the bath. And like, so, I was like, uh-uh, nope. You're like, nope, 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 nope. Never heard that name like, in my life. Matt Saracen stays clean. No. 